on the cover. Lethal Laser 3 stands triumphantly over the unconscious forms of Lady Stitch and Moonflower. His new cyborg body glowing with an insidious red light through the dust and debris of the destroyed Shotco. Behind him, barely visible through the smoke, the shapes of three heroic figures can be seen charging towards him. A muscular femme form swings down from the rafters on thorny vines. A lithe hero swoops in on a pair of wings. And behind them all, surrounded by a swirling amber-orange light with eyes glowing eerily in the darkness, stands a boy with a baseball bat accompanied by his dog. Wonder World Comics proudly presents The Midnighters, Volume 7, Code Midnight, Issue 2, What the Axe Forgets. Prepare yourself, dear reader, for another gripping tale of adventure, drama, and self-discovery. This is Wonder World Comics. So, our comic opens with a dark panel, and on it is only, the only thing on it is the, the text from Cardigan's Call for Help. This is Cardigan to the rest of Midnighters. The Shopco is under attack. Eden is out. I need help. Can anyone come and help? The bottom of the page, the entire like bottom row of comic panels, just a close-up on a pair of eyes in shadow, in the shadow of a baseball cap opening. What do what do Sam's eyes look like, Charlie? Um, they are completely transformed. They, his, um, his iris is sort of like a, like a burnt orange. Um, and there's just a a slight shimmer to them at times as well. But, um, yeah, they're, they're not, they're not the eyes that he used used to have. (laughs) (laughs) awesome awesome and we turn the page and we see sam in his grove uh why don't you describe where your grove is and kind of where you are and what it looks like so deep in the wilderness up on mount olympus in mount olympus national park um way off trail and miles from any roads or campsites or places where humans normally go. There's this hanging valley way up high in the mountains with a little lake. And uh, it just forms almost a perfect circle. And it's oriented a little bit towards the east so that as the sun rises, it kind of fills this hanging valley like a bowl full of sunshine. And... um, and there's mountains all around, kind of as far as the eye can see, snow-capped and coniferous forests of the Pacific Northwest. And then there, uh, by the lake, is a a grove in the shade of a a massive boulder that uh, has a fairy ring of mushrooms around it, and the mushrooms glow with that same burnt orange shimmering and uh, a mossy bed 
and a little just rock off to the side or, you know, not in the center, but a, a rock is there uh, that's good for sitting and uh, kind of a brook babbles down into the, the lake that's contained by this valley. And uh, that's where Sam's been sitting for quite some time now, just kind of thinking and, and exploring his his thoughts. And what does Sam do when he hears Cardigan's voice calling out to him? Well, I think what happens is that uh, he hasn't had his communicator with him. And Waldo runs up with it and drops it in his lap. Yes. And uh, he looks at it and, you know, he sees the message, hears the message. Yeah, he hears the message come through and... um, and he slowly stands up and um, he, uh, he's, he, I'm trying to think of how, how he does this actually. I think for the comic, I think what he does, he just stands up and takes a few steps and then he stops and he goes back and he grabs Waldo and just kind of slings him over his shoulders. And then he takes three or four more running steps until he gets to the edge of this steep scree field that kind of um, holds up the the wall of the, you know, like the, this hanging valley, there's a steep relief as as you go off the edge. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And he just takes this huge leap and flies like 50 feet in the air and starts running with superhuman speed down the mountain. Him and Waldo. Waldo's like over his shoulders. Yes. And uh, on the page opposite, we have a close-up of Ryan. Uh, Ryan, what are you doing when you get Cardigan's message? My question is, do I get Cardigan's message? Did I ever get, like, communicators? And he even thinks you're on the team, so yes. Or at least a a freelancer. (laughs) That's the official unofficial. Like, Eden would never say, like, you know, welcome to the Midnighters. Here's your, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, here's your sash, and here's, you know, like, your your challenge. You guys got sashes? No, no, no. That's exactly, Eden, yeah. That that, that doesn't happen. And the, the only thing that even resembles some kind of ceremony or induction is that you get the communicator i think he was just like here you go mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. at the very least okay. you're on the reserve list <laughs> well, <laughs> you were not the most incompetent person at the dagger diabolic arc so yeah that was gonna be my my second question is like is it, how long after this is this will be released after dagger diabolic mm-hmm. um Canonically, time-wise, we can say it takes place whenever the fuck we want. So, to put okay. it in exact terms, in an indeterminate future after the dagger diabolic. Yeah, yeah, some indeterminate future in yeah the the fall. It seems like we are pretty locked into like whenever the thing happened at the shock co that you described. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We have to be at least responding to that in right, some right. kind of timely fashion. Mm-hmm. So whenever that happens. Yeah, yeah. And the the lead up to that wasn't necessarily I don't think there was any specific references to anything going on I mean, time wise. 
it was just kind of after Eden had, yeah, yeah, just kind of after Eden had gotten the card from, uh, yeah, no, it'll work out great then. Yeah, so it's just like, uh, (laughs) slightly after. Do you want us to say a week? (laughs) Yeah, that sounds great. (laughs) Okay, it's been a week. It's been a week. It has been a week. It has has truly been a week. Let me tell you guys. A goddamn week. Okay. Um, and is it, is it nighttime or daytime or? Um, I think so it was asking a lot of questions. It's just like, you know, know, it's right. It was, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That are necessary and valid questions. My scene was totally separate. We need to set a new scene. <laughs> I, I think it was kind of like maybe late morning because Cardi had just mm-hmm. sent home her sleepover people that she just invited to our secret base. I think she brought civilians into the secret base and had a sleepover with them. Stitch like stitched herself a loft. That's where it was. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah this, this, they were she didn't awesome. get she just made herself a little loft in the in the shop co for a Yeah, they were in their awesome like blanket fort loft that Stitch had made. You are coming in clutch, Kaylee. <laughs> uh, I don't know if that's a good thing though, because I my memory is uh, you, notoriously unreliable. Your memory is canon now. <laughs> I mean, as, as like you could literally say anything and I would believe you, so uh sweet okay. you said yeah you can reshape the world and tell michael how it is <laughs> so so it, it was mid-morning and it was after a sleepover so i'm assuming it's not a school day so i'm assuming ryan isn't at school right yep so it a, if it's if if it's a weekend and uh ryan's not grounded anymore because that was before dagger diabolic and so Ryan, you, you get choices, Michael. You could choose where you want Ryan to be. Ryan could either be at like a skating like practice or he's at a thrift shop looking at the invitation that Cardi sent to him that Patrick threw away. <laughs> oh he threw it away? That's what that's what Justin said. Oh, oh my god. Although yeah, you no, guys yeah, you we guys said it was that. in a dumpster, but I think it should be in a thrift shop and Ryan should have just stumbled upon it and been like, hang on a minute. Yes. Okay, yeah, I mean, I think we have to do that now. It's just too juicy to not to. Sweet. <clears throat> um, yeah, so I think Ryan is like in a thrift shop, uh, like holding a pillow that is like addressed to him and is like, what the the heck is this a is this some kind of prank or and it's like inviting him to a sleepover that happened like three days ago last night or whatever <laughs> it started three days ago oh this is true you are correct don't listen to me the sleepover went for three days how clear can how much more clear can we be <laughs> it was hostage situation was how it was described in the recording <laughs> oh my god <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, yeah. So I think uh, I think that's what happens when I think that's what Ryan is doing when the the message comes through on the. I don't even know the communicators are like in earpieces, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they also have like Bluetooth or whatever. So yeah, they've been described as like smartwatches, phones mm-hmm. in ear, sometimes even just in a helmet. Mm-hmm. They're very versatile. These yeah. these comic book communicators. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, f- I feel like um, Ryan's like listening to music in her headphones, 
uh, and then like it just kind of like stops and it's Cardigan's voice and Ryan's just like holding this thing that was is so clearly made by Cardigan and hearing Cardigan's voice and he's like, wait, what? Wow. Making all of the other people in the thrift store are like, because he's like visibly like talking to himself, like, what the hell is this? And wait, what? Is that Cardigan? And everyone's just like, uh, my guy, that's just a pillow. <laughs> <laughs> And, and what do you do in response to hearing this? Yeah, I think I'm just gonna. I think I'm just gonna run out of the thrift store. Like I still am clutching the pillow, but I I run out of the thrift store. <laughs> Incredible. Um, so we return to the shopco. Um, it has a massive smoldering hole blasted through the front of it. Um, and inside the voice of Lethal Laser 3 can be heard. It says, You can't hide in there forever. I will have my revenge, Moonflower. Where are... um? Ryan and Sam as they arrive on the scene. Well, Sam's on the scene when he arrives. <laughs> I can't argue with logic like that. Uh, right? No. Uh, yeah, uh, go ahead. Do we arrive at the same time? Uh, obviously, this is a <laughs> yeah from like forty perfect like you know angles. So we're coming <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right at the door, but at different angles, and then we kind of show up step for step. Like the exact same distance away from the shop. Yeah, yeah. As you're tracking. Like, yeah, just like almost mirrored. Yeah. I feel like we should run into each other at at the like front. Oh, I do. Oh, I do like that. Yeah. Like we both round a corner and we're both going super speed. uh, Yeah. And we just smack. Ouch. Uh. And then, because Sam looks different, right? Well, his eyes look different. Yeah, Does the rest like, of him look different? I think he looks pretty much just like Sam. He's wearing, like, his baseball uniform is, like, weathered and browned. And he sort of had he has, like, a, um, like a dusty lead, uh, faux leather jacket that also is weathered and brown yes. uh, that he has been wearing. Uh, as he's just been sitting in the woods. So that anyway, that so his looks changed yes. a little bit, but he still is just Sam. But I would still recognize him. Eyes. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and Waldo think, casually slung across his shoulder. Well, yeah, no, Waldo's running with him now. I think. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> that makes sense. Well, I think as we like collide, like like we bump shoulders or something, and like you know we're mostly the same height, even though Ryan's a little bit taller. And <laughs> <laughs> and Ryan Ryan just kind of like shoves shoves your shoulders like, oh God, Dan, what the hell? Oh, uh hey Ryan, did you get the message? Uh this might be awkward and to be honest with you, I feel like actually mortified at the thought of uh like speaking with another human being all of a sudden, I kind of forgot how to do it. So uh, we should probably get to the shop though, right? And he, he just turns and keeps running. Ryan is going to try to run faster than you. 
I, uh, Ryan, so, Ryan would like to be the first one on the scene. Thank you very much. Sam is actually, Sam actually uh, slows up to keep up, to sort of keep a stride with Waldo. And also he doesn't want to get too far in front of Ryan. So, um, he, or, so yeah, so he, uh, he actually eases up and you, uh, Ryan pulls in a little bit to the lead without any, without any, any qualm. Sam, Sam kind of feel, picks up that vibe of like how you're pursuing and also, Again, wants to arrive at almost exactly the same time, almost like almost exactly the same time. That's what Sam's kind of going for. Ryan is, I think, also still like clutching the pillow in her hand. And I think she's, I think she's like half taken off her shirt. Like she's got her super suit on under her clothes most of the time. She's like half taken off uh, a shirt. She's still got like a skirt on over the top of it. But her, yeah, her shirt is kind of like hanging on one arm as she clutches the pillow with it and is like, yeah, running. Uh, hey, before we jump into action, as it were, do you need a second to like fully complete, you know, the, you know, get all the way Mighty Briar or, uh, or, In you know, <laughs> we could take a second, you know, I, I'll, I'll wait up for you. Uh, Ryan does not slow down. The brambles, uh, like come out of his tattoo and make a giant, like plant fist. <laughs> and they're just like over their shoulder. Like, is that mighty briar enough for you? Huh? Uh, point taken, thorn taken. Anyway, what about you? Like freaking. South Jaw, or whatever your name is, like, what are you like? Don't you need to get changed into something more super? No, I don't. I don't really. I didn't really, honestly, think about like super costumes or like changing my name or anything like that. I just, you know, I don't know. I feel like we got a lot to catch up on, but I honestly don't want to get into it right now. I probably should take a shower, though. I still haven't. But again, no time. No time. <laughs> yeah, I feel like as uh, as as you're saying that, like a the skirt that Ryan was wearing just kind of like hits you in the shoulder as he throws it behind him. <laughs> <laughs> Keeps running. <laughs> um, he peels that off, throws it, lands on Waldo. Waldo shakes it off. Yeah. And from deeper within the shop coat, there is a giant flash of red crimson light and a massive laser beam, like, you know, a meter and a half in diameter, just like, sweeps through the shelves and um, just obliterates them in its path. Ah. Uh, uh, doesn't look great no that, that does not look good um it <laughs> looks totally fine and then i run in <laughs> oh, shit. and so, uh, so yeah sam sam follows um and sam actually is going to he's gonna gonna run right up to like the this blown out entrance of the shop go mm-hmm. and standing in it He's going to take a moment and try to. He's going to see if he can't, like, 
extrasensorily locate lethal laser um, by like looking for the like the trace of his imagination mm-hmm. or his like his psyche, I guess, you know, his, you know, yeah. Mind. yeah. Um, so he's, he's going to like put out a feeler for that. Um, are you, are you just like assessing the situation? Or are you having like a vision? I'm definitely unleashing my powers. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So, uh, your uh, eyes go dark. Yeah, so roll 2d6 plus uh, your freak. Okay, freak is plus one. Six plus one is seven. Heck yeah. Uh, yeah, so on a hit, you do it. Mark a condition, or I will tell you how the effect is unstable or temporary. I think that. Wait, what was the other option other than market condition? Sorry. Um, or I will tell you how the effect is unstable or temporary. Yeah, I think maybe you should do that because Sam's never even done this before, actually. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, so the shadow kind of around your face just seems to darken as your eyes glow and you focus your mind on sort of the the penumbra of the psyche of what is left of lethal laser and you very quickly realize that this is almost nothing like the lethal laser you clashed with so long ago under such different circumstances you know and this is a man who's been transformed both uh figuratively and quite quite literally uh when last you saw him he had been left paralyzed from the neck down in the crash of the space station that Moonflower had caused. Right. And from what you can see now uh, through flashes of his memory, um, as this just like seething hatred and need for vengeance burns off of him, you see the process that he underwent uh, where a man in a trim suit uh, looms over him while he's on an operating table. And you see uh, the body of a uh, head cannon rolled in on like a gantry. Uh, its head is still missing because um, KT still has it. <laughs> um, and uh, but the uh, all of the machinery and mechanical parts begin to shift and move. And uh, you kind of flashes forward and you're in just extreme pain and agony as you have a completely new body rebuilt around you using the parts from head cannon and awaken again as lethal laser mark three. And uh, yeah, so lethal laser has been transformed and is now more machine than man. Um, his arms, uh, on the, both of his forearms have been replaced with just giant laser cannons of just ridiculous proportions, bristling with energy cylinders and swirling and like uh, like spiraling little flashy high-tech 
gizmos and whatever, you know, sci-fi shit. Um, but yeah, and uh, he's got like lots of glowing power cables and stuff attached to this uh, sort of backpack area that looks like that is sparking and flashing and uh, there's like electricity shooting everywhere as he's moving very kind of jerkily and unsteadily on his feet. Okay. Um, what is, does something bad unstable happen to me? Um, yes. As, uh, you, as like these memories of pain and all of the, the surgery and procedure that he underwent in order to get this new body in order to take his revenge on Moonflower, you flash back from that to the present and through his eyes, you, your head turns and you see the, like you, just this connective pull to another mind that is probing yours into your own head and realize that he, like, even though there's still like some shelves and debris and dust and some like shattered walls and whatever between you, he's looking right at you and knows that you are there. Okay. So he sensed me there with me. Mm -hmm. him. Okay. That's mm -hmm. pretty much. Okay. That's fine. Um, Okay, that's what I do. Cool. Ryan, or Mighty Briar, I guess, now that you have completed your transformation. Got my plant fist out. Mm-hmm. Punched big laser man. Awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, so you just go barreling through the smoke and over the debris, full tilt. Go ahead and make a roll to directly engage a threat. I think before I do that, I'm going to say that uh, that's a that's a, a punch everyone. Whenever you charge into a fight without hedging your bets, you can shift your your danger up and any other label down. Uh, yeah, that seems very that applicable right now. Oh, yeah. Sweet. Okay, so my danger is now plus three, which is pretty cool. Whoa. <laughs> I will lower my freak. Excellent. Directly engage a threat. 2d6 plus 3. Oh, shit. Hmm? Uh, so that's a 5 plus 3, which is an 8. Okay, that's a hit. On a hit, you trade blows. On a 7 and 9, pick 1. Resist or avoid their blows. Take something from them. Create an opportunity for your allies or impress, surprise, or frighten the opposition. I would like to resist or avoid their blows. Because I am afraid of this thing. That checks out. Yeah. Um, so what does it look like as you smash head on into lethal laser and just unleash plant? Unleash plant. I like that. Um, yeah, I think um, he's got a cannon for a head, right? Um, no, no, his... Uh, he's he had kind of like transformed into a giant energy cannon, but he is now back in his mostly humanoid form. Okay. Um, yeah, but uh, he is, yeah, his, his kind of like face plates of his cyborg body are kind of hanging at a weird angle. They can't like reconnect quite right. Um, and yeah, he's moving very jerkily on his feet. And is he, how tall is he? Um. He's, uh, he was not, like, a tall dude originally. He's probably, like, you know, 5'10", 5'11". Um, 
Yeah, it was a. It's kind of a short king, but. Uh... <laughs> okay, cool. I think uh, I'm gonna like uppercut him so he goes like flying up into the air. Awesome. With the awesome. force of my my planty fist. With the with the force of my mighty briars. There we go. Nailed it. Roll credits. Um. <laughs> He yeah. said the line. <laughs> he said the thing. <laughs> uh, so the mechanical body of Lethal Laser Mark III gets launched skyward and smashes through the into the ra- exposed rafters of the Shopco uh, and gets kind of uh, caught up in the metalwork. And it looks like for just the briefest of moments. You have a a second to kind of catch your breath and you look around and realize you see a sort of almost like glowing, shimmering, uh, it's kind of shifting like cocoon or uh, yeah, like I guess it looks more mostly like a cocoon, but of like swirling thread and different colors and magic radiating off of it. in the in kind of the far corner of the Costco. I mean, if it's if it's thread, it's got to be cardigan, right? Uh, I mean, that sounds logical. So, so I mean, I'm going into it. Awesome. Uh, and you go. So we get uh, a wide shot of Mighty Briar charging through. The, the ruined Shopco and up to this cocoon of magic. And uh, we turn the page and eat it. You wake up if you would like to. Okay. <laughs> you can always go back to being unconscious if you change your mind. <laughs> I mean, you don't have to. Yeah, yeah. You can also just feel free to also just hang out and chill and we can, you can. Yeah, it's not a big deal. So yeah, one thing Sailors has learned is like a piece of concrete can fall and knock you out again, and you'll be fine. <laughs> no, I'm good. I, I'm Kyra's super awake, obviously. So uh... clearly, good, good. Okay. <laughs> oh, that's the important thing. <laughs> you wake up, and the last thing you remember was cardigan kind of cradling you in her arms and uh as you had yeah taken this powerful blast from the massive energy cannon of lethal laser um and you wake up and your vision is you're surrounded by this glowing shimmering twisting cocoon of thread uh, swirling around you and as you you kind of come to it begins to uh, sort of contract around you and form around you in sort of this shimmering almost like mystic looking armor um, as uh, the thread that makes up cardigan is now swirling around you and protecting you um, it's really cute if you don't think about it too hard (laughs) (laughs) I guess I'd like to assess the situation Uh, the first thing you notice is there is 
a very large Ryan coming at you very quickly. I'll give you that one for free. Um, <laughs> go ahead and make a roll plus superior. Um, if, you, if you're giving me that one, I might be stepping out of the way before I assess this situation. <laughs> I'm not coming to attack. Yeah, I just, I don't, I, I don't know what your breaks are like. I feel like Peter <laughs> has definitely seen Ryan, like, rollerblade into something because he didn't stop in time. Yeah, that's true, actually. I'm, gonna t- I'm just going to do, like, a little sidestep, and then I'm going to assess the situation. <laughs> awesome. Go ahead and give us that roll plus superior. That is a 13. Boom. I don't joke around when I'm assessing the situation. Yeah, yeah, welcome back. <laughs> Eden wakes up and immediately is back on her bullshit. Okay, what did I miss? Um. Awesome. So on a 10 plus, you get to ask three. Um, I, I will, since I get three, I'm going to start. And I mean, I kind of know the lore of this and what's going on, but I just am going to start since Eden is just waking up uh, with what it, here is the biggest threat. Yeah. Uh, you uh, taking the damage in it, from what you can tell, it looks like based on the the direction the burn marks are facing and the kind of the scattering of the debris patterns behind where this area where the cocoon was, it looks like Lethal Laser was just unleashing the full entire power of his new body onto this cocoon of magic for you don't you're not entirely sure how long you were out. Um but it's it has been a while. Uh, and from the rafters above you, you hear kind of a whirring and kind of a clicking of like a motor that's not quite like a mechanical motor that's not quite catching. And then a electronic voice says, uh, repair sequence initializing. And so the, the biggest threat right now is that lethal laser Mark three is initiating its self-repair protocol. And we'll be back online shortly. Cool. So what here can I use to interrupt the self-repair protocol? Um, hmm. So you remember before you got uh, knocked unconscious that you had done uh, significant damage to the kind of like the central power core um, and back uh, portion of Lethal Laser 3. And you remember seeing uh, kind of deep beneath the armor plating and just like almost like grafted directly to his spine uh, was this kind of central control cable going from his kind of his brainstem down to this power core. And if you could sever that connection, that would he wouldn't be able to to con- send commands to his cyborg body parts anymore. Cool. Um, I'm trying to think if I want to ask any of the rest of these right now, or if I just want to. Yeah, you can certainly hang on to one if you would like. I think I'm going to hang on to one, and I'm going to go back to the gardening section and grab some shears. Mm-hmm. Wait, did I do that last time? You yeah, did. you did. <laughs> your your shears are still there. Um, they are uh, like you can tell that they are yours because the everything is black. 
and kind of burned looking. The kind of rubber on the handles has been melted down a little bit, but they're still very, you know, sturdy and very sharp. I obviously remember nothing from last time. Cool. I'm going <laughs> to grab those. Um, and I am going to work on getting back up to the ceiling. Awesome. Uh, Ryan, what do you, what do you do? Now that you see that Eden is awake and has magic armor and garden shears. Uh. <laughs> uh <laughs> brand new sentences for yeah. 600 hours. <laughs> Moonflower? Is that you? Ian's going to kind of glance back at them and say, can you use your brambles to get me to the ceiling? Uh, yeah, sure. Is, um, is Cardigan okay? Ian's going to look at her sweater armor and say, probably. Well, I hate that word when used in this context, but okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll make a little like bramble staircase awesome yeah uh, yeah you're not under particular duress right now I think that sounds like something within your power set unless you disagree I will, I will never disagree when the GM just lets me do something <laughs> awesome yeah yeah go right ahead <laughs> yeah also Sam you are you are uh, what are you doing well Brian is erecting a plant staircase Leaf laser three on the roof. He's in the rafters of the the shop, though. He didn't make it all the way through the roof, mm, but above the drop ceiling type mm -hmm. and all the weird. Oh yeah, he's stuff. Uh, he's hung up in the weird stuff above the drop ceiling. Okay. Um, as they're doing that, Sam is just going to jump straight through the, you know, thin, whatever that stuff is that is, is yeah flimsy is, ceiling material flimsy ceiling material in every high school and walmart in the you know uh anyway and just like hero crouches and then just jumps through the ceiling and lands right in front of lethal laser and um and he says uh hey buddy remember me I can sense that you are fueled by a lot of hatred, a lot of need to inflict some of the pain that you yourself have felt. And I wonder just what it is that you're trying to gain from all of that. And uh, as Sam is kind of um, saying that, he is going to try and, um, again, kind of turn his power to drain Lethal Laser of some of his hatred and take it into himself. Amazing. Um, I mean, definitely roll plus your free to do that. It also sounded like you may have been uh, unintentionally or intentionally piercing his mask. Yeah, I mean, for sure. I think that it, it's it's kind of a long shot, but it's it's Sam's preferred thing that he wants to try and do right now because he was just able to see so clearly what has led Lethal Laser to this point. Mm -hmm. and he doesn't mm -hmm. think, I don't know, he, he, again, he doesn't know what's going to happen here, but he can feel that the pulse of that hatred and of the, like, 
the wounds and the scars mm-hmm. and the pain that mm-hmm. the lethal laser is carrying. And he's literally going to try and like sap that emotional fuel. Let's start with that then. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead and roll plus 2d6 plus your freak. Seven plus one is eight. Awesome. Um, on a hit, you do it. On a seven to nine marking condition, or I will tell you how the effect is unstable or temporary. Um, I think for this one, so like the first one, he was kind of like feeling out this possibility that he's kind of been sensing, but hasn't been interacting with anyone, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, but then to like take this even more kind of uh, invasive step of actually trying to do like interact with the psyche, I guess, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I'm just looking to see what condition I think it would be. Sure. I think it's, I, you know what? I think it's angry. I think he's, I think he's, he's yeah, on the that, anger. That, that makes, that's literally, that only is. makes sense. Right. That yeah. makes the most sense. Yeah. So he gets angry now. I mean, explicably, but mm-hmm. out of, you know, from nowhere else, he is, that's, that's the condition. So. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you see the face of this man who's turned himself into a machine, sort of just relax for the first time. Um, and the, the faceplate that's been kind of like ticking finally snaps into place. And um, he he just looks tired. And so it, Sam, um, as he kind of, he trailed off giving that speech in this like moment where everyone was holding their breath, he held for a second. And then as he released like this, like faint, these faint orange spores were released from Sam, like just from his pores. I don't know. You maybe, well, I don't know if anyone Mm-hmm. really microscopic maybe yeah, the lighting wasn't right you know but in the tiny light, little fairy lights yeah in the right light you would have seen these spores mm-hmm. released like um, a little mode of like dust in the sunlight perhaps yeah just motes i mean they're microscopic for sure so anyway um but as as that breath goes out sam like feels this like roiling rage in his gut and um you know, just like hit like cortisol and adrenaline spiking through him and feeling like all of his muscles overflex and his teeth clench and his, you know, and grind and um, like t- attention headache sprouts up. And um, so, yeah, I think there is like an actual physiological effect on Sam uh, to a great degree. And, and also, Sam doesn't. Like Sam just um, is just standing there still. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool, but he's, you can see like his his fists clench up, you know, and he kind of gets more into a stance. But he's waiting to see what happens. Yeah, Eden and Ryan, your your uh, your access to the ceiling has has been created. Uh, you have a, a wonderful thorny spiral staircase. Uh, that is still just kind of finishing up its uh, final touches as you uh, ascend to the top. 
finishing I, touches are little flowers, by the way. Obviously. Flowers. Little moon, little moon flowers. Aww. Yeah. Aww. <laughs> so cute. Um, I know Eden's not like maybe 100% right now, but I feel like she might have noticed Sam jumping to the ceiling. <laughs> Probably checks out. I, I don't. I just think that's something she might have picked up on. Um. So I guess to give him time to do his thing, um, that he just did. <laughs> I think she kind of pauses halfway up the the flowery bramble stairs and has like several thoughts all at once that are like. I mean, she was not expecting to see him. She has not seen him for a while. She kind of thought he was dead. Um, I think she's mad. <laughs> Just kind of generally, but also at Sam. And I think she's confused because he jumped to the ceiling, which is not something she, he's done before that she's yeah. seen. Yeah, Sam's always been, you know, the other unpowered guy. Oh, I was just gonna say if Ryan like like bumps into you on the way up and like looks at what you're looking at and he is like lethal laser be like South Pole and Ryan's like, oh South Pole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I think we see Eden stop for like just a step. Um but she is a woman of business, so then she's just going to kind of continue up, and I think she might... I think this is directly engaging a threat. I think she's just going to try and start hacking at that piece with her garden shears. Yeah, I think... Yeah, I think Lethal Laser 3 wasn't, like, making any... He was just kind of lying there. He's not very, like, moving aggressively or anything. But if you start, yeah, hacking away at his neck, he's going to – he would definitely fight back. Yeah, yeah. So I definitely – yep. I think that's a directly engaged threat. <laughs> Go ahead and roll what's danger. Did you roll some sort of advantage because I made him stop and think about his life a little bit? Um, you know what? We should – we should get some team in the pool, right? That's now. what this is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's Good. what that would be. Thank you. Oh yeah, that's how this goes. Oh yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Um, I do also get a bonus for my assess the situation. Oh, this is also true. Um, I'm actually going to remember you. to add it this time. Yeah, please do nice. because yeah. I always forget. Carry that. Um, Carry that plus one. It's yours. You take it. Um, uh, cool. So when we go into battle against a dangerous threat as a team, uh, we had two teams to the pool. So we are, which brings us to a total of three. Uh, who is the leader of this team right now? That's a fascinating question. That, yeah, I, I thought so. Yeah, it's easy. It's Moonflower. Yeah, I think yeah. Sam's fine with it being Moonflower. Sam doesn't feel like it's him, that's for sure. He didn't always think she's in charge. Not always, but she does right now. That I mean, it sounds like Eden's the leader then. Cool. Eden, do you have influence over Ryan and Sam? I believe I do. Ryan, yes. Yeah, definitely. 
I apparently didn't mark down on my sheet that I have influence over Ryan, but I just kind of assumed I did because everyone has influence over Ryan. <laughs> I, I, That's why you didn't mark it. Moonflower might be only Midnighter who doesn't. What? <laughs> How did that because happen? I haven't, I haven't made Moonflower my love or my rival yet. <laughs> uh, okay, okay. Yeah, on my sheet, I don't have either. Yeah, I think maybe that... I think maybe you don't have influence then. Oh, oh well, that happens. I'm so sorry. Okay. It's okay. That's that's fine. We're we're still at three teen. That's okay. Uh, what is your purpose in the fight, Moonflower? Oh fuck, lethal laser three up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. To like defend our home or whatever. Shopko. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, excellent, excellent. Sam is protect the shop cow and, and well more more protect you know my friends but you know right awesome cool Ryan how about how about you what's your what's your goal my goal is to also fuck up the laser dude yeah fuck that laser dude awesome uh that brings us up to or team, does anyone mistrust the Moonflower or anyone else on the team? No. I don't really trust Sam. I mean, that makes sense. That may, it, would, it would be weird if you guys did. Because I've been gone for however long and now I'm like, weird and I can jump through the ceiling. So You got, you got orange eyes. You got spores yeah. coming out of you. What the? Yeah. I think whether Eden trusts him or not is entirely dependent on whether she saw spores. <laughs> I don't think that the ceiling she can get over and deal with. She's still mad at him, but mad is different than mistrust. But if she saw spores, she will never trust him again. I, I think we said it's not technically a fungus. It's more like a an interdimensional. Yeah, it's like, sort of like a. It behaves like a fungus, but it's not technically a fungus. It's more quantum. like a. But does it look like a fungus? Because I don't think there's a difference if it looks like a fungus. This is the shape that it's taking in human minds because that's the closest way that that Sam can understand it. So, so yeah, that's the shape that it's taking. <laughs> not a, it's not a fungus though; it's different. Yeah, it's not really though. If that makes it any right. better for you, yeah. Kyra. Well, Eden doesn't know that. <laughs> right. yeah, you guys don't know anything. I don't know if you guys saw the spores either because you guys were still climbing up the stairs and they were very slight. Yeah, I guess I would leave that up to you. I would I would say you would know the best Moonflower, whether or not you were paying attention and noticed that. Or were you will... busy focusing on the stairs and or garden shears? <laughs> I, I will say for now, she didn't notice it. There's cool. a lot going on. Well, and I think she was distracted by the fact that he was there and maybe less noticing what he was doing. I don't know that she's noticed the eyes yet, even. So. Cool. Okay, yeah, yeah, that checks out then. Awesome. Uh, is your team ill-prepared or off-balance? Um, yes. <laughs> I feel like there's no other way you can yeah. construe we, the circumstances. We are, but I am going to go ahead and mark angry. I, I mean, I, I think it's established that Eden is angry anyway. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I will just go ahead and mark that so we can avoid. We'll just make it official team. and not lose a team in the process. Yeah. Perfect, perfect. Awesome. So I think that leaves us at four team total in the pool, Captain. which is a good chunk to have. Yeah, plus one. 
captain. So five team in the pool. Awesome. Uh, so uh, when, with, what were we doing? Uh, so <laughs> with Sam kind of like talking slash, you know, psychically reaching out to lethal laser, um, my sort of, you know, proposal is that that is providing an opportunity for Eden to uh, hack away at the thing. Yeah, no, I think that something like that, mm-hmm. you know? So, like, as he's, it's like you just said, like, his, his, like, faceplate locks into place, and then it's sort of like, you know, there's a sigh and a letdown mm-hmm. in a moment where his guard is down. And in that moment, Sam thinks, as he sees Moonflower and Ryan come up uh, behind, he sort of thinks into Lethal Laser's head, give up. You know, you know what? You're, you're right, actually. I I think you're right. Um, yeah, I don't think you you even have to roll Moonflower. He he like starts to move and turn towards you, and then looks back at Sam and just kind of relaxes and nods. Um, and uh, you're you're able to uh, wiggle the garden shears in between some of the servos. And snip the cable, uh, and all the lights in uh, his body and along his guns and uh, battery parts and cables all slowly start to dim. Um, but his 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 brain is still functioning, and like his uh, like the all the the whirring and stuff in his head is still going on. Um, and he looks up at you, Sam. Says. I see a lot of myself in you. Sam sort of nods and says, Exactly. We're no different. Don't let it consume you. And Um, then his eyes close, and uh, he falls unconscious. I think when he he falls, Sam's sort of like holding, shuddering with all that rage for a second longer and then he like falls to his knees all kind of dramatic style and overwrought maybe you know actually he falls through because it's so thin Mm -hmm. he falls through and he falls all the way to the ground um eh, as i'm just now realizing that i had shrike on the cover and hadn't introduced him yet uh as you're you're falling, uh, a shape <laughs> swoops through uh, a hole. When this was, going yeah, yeah, <laughs> perfect, excellent. Yeah, no, that again is one of those things. Like it seems like a dumb idea, but two people are thinking it. It's actually an excellent idea. <laughs> like super, like super, like, exactly. Super. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. So uh, as Sam is falling. Uh, there's uh, a rush of wind and a blur of cobalt blue and black. Um, and you, uh, instead of falling to the hard concrete, are kind of gently, not like caught and carried. You know, you're not like, I, I, unless you want to be like Lois Lane being caught like Superman. I mean, it's the Samsel. It's the Sam, Samsel in distress. This is true. This is true. But it is a different 
Sam it is a different era. Sam. It so might not like, be a Sam who uh-huh. is unconscious. Yeah, it could also just be a, like he snagged you by the arm and dropped you off and you go skidding to a halt type of deal. Yeah, I think he kind of like breaks my fall. Mm-hmm. And I mean, not that he didn't need to because Sam is super strong now. Yeah, it yeah. Wouldn't have affected him, but you know, it's sort of like it's sort of like it is like a uh, a little bit of a one-upping bro move of like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, kind of. It's not. How is Shrek supposed to know that you weren't going to hurt yourself? You know so I think like what actually happens. Well, yeah, I don't, I don't think I don't. I'm not trying to put Shrek's like emotions of Shrek into how he catches me. I just think I just don't know how he could possibly know what to do with me falling through the ceiling, other than slightly break you know right right so uh, so i think what happens is uh you're you're falling in shrike swoops down and kind of midair tackles you and does like (laughs) the the classic superhero thing where he kind of rolls to land on his back to soften the blow and you know kind of roll into like a tumbling stop type of deal you know like he's done a thousand times and you roll over exactly once and Sam is like back on his feet, and Shrike in like Shrike just like bumps into you like a brick wall as you're just like on your feet and steady oh, from okay. the landing. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I see. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Great. Hello. Uh, okay. So, uh, hello, Shrike. Dude, you're you're okay. You're holy shit. He says, looking around at the Shotco in general. Yeah, I guess Sam also looks around and kind of, you know, gets a sad. Or not, a, gets a sad. He gets a sad. You know, he gets a sad. <laughs> it happens <laughs> like the best you know, of just like looking around and a little bit of the reality of the situation setting in, and a little bit of the intensity of the orange glow uh, dimming uh, as the, um, yeah. Um. Shrike is uh, looking around back up into the rafters and uh, spots Ryan and Moonflower. Says, uh, are you guys okay? Where's Cardigan? She's probably fine. <laughs> I really wish you would stop saying that, Moonflower. <laughs> she probably is. What do you even mean by... You know what? Never mind. Listen. It's... What the hell? Who is that? What happened to him? Before or after the garden shares. God. I should have guessed. Um, you uh, hear uh, like some calm chatter in his ear. And he kind of freezes and kind of looks back and forth. And... Uh, Puts his fingers up to his concept headset. Says, "Uh, negative control. Seems like they were just hiding out here and have fled further south into the city. Uh, I'll pursue in the air." And then uh, takes his finger away and says, "There's a Farsec capture squad in the area. You guys should lay low for a while." Ryan, Ryan's coming down the staircase. Yeah, I think Aiden's a little behind her. Um, she's already kind of having a day, and then Shrike showed up, and it's like this whole thing, and also the shop goes on fire. Um, I I think she's maybe going to 
head in the direction of her office to like very quickly disassemble her conspiracy board. I think she actually keeps it fairly portable mm-hmm. in case mm-hmm. something like this happens. It's actually uh, it's actually on like several of those tri folding like science fair presentation mm-hmm. poster board things. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. That Eden's able to just like uh, yeah just fold up and then put in one of those like carrying cases. Easily. Easily yeah. the most convenient and secure and secret way to kind of organize and store important information. Conspiracy boards. Yeah. Like yeah. it is tri yeah. fold. Card stock conspiracy boards. The most like organized and well thought out way to contain a crazy conspiracy yeah, board of anything red string and pictures. No, actually, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. yeah, so she's gonna kind of throw that all in a cart and start moving it out to the the RV. And I think she's going to thank Ryan and uh, I don't know if Ryan can help or whatever. Um, and I think she gives Sam a look over her shoulder that is so cold it would make Fraser burn proud. Oh, uh, yeah, Ryan will definitely help you. I think as um, as we're like walking past Shrike, Ryan will be like, was that Swift? How does she say? Is she still with Akina? Actually, don't tell me. I don't want to know. <laughs> Dude. Do you want to know or do you not want to know? Because I can. I don't want to tell you. I don't want to. I don't. I mean. And then Ryan runs away. (laughs) (laughs) Eden kind of mutters, "I also know." (laughs) (laughs) She keeps tabs on young vindicators. Uh, Shrike kind of looks over at you and says, "Um, how?" In the hell did whatever that thing is track you down here? She's kind of exasperated and she says, I don't know. I'm going to try and figure that out. But first, I'm going to get out of here. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, one thing at a time. That seems smart. All right. I'm going to go. I guess I can run some interference. Uh, Take care of yourself. Thanks. You too. Uh, He kind of turns to leave and kind of looks at Sam and says, uh, hey, good to see you, man. Kind of like, like, gives you like a thump on the, the chest like a bro does, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you been, been working out? You're pretty solid, dude. That's impressive. <laughs> uh, Michael, do, are you being oblivious or do you know what you're doing? <laughs> I've, what? Okay. That answers my question. Continue. <laughs> so uh, Sam, Sam looks at, and Sam actually looks at is looking at the ground, and he's kind of like, uh, "No, I haven't been working out, but I, I had gotten into better shape. I guess you could call it. I don't, I don't know. I don't actually know what to call it. Um, well, uh, send me your workout routine sometime." When uh, my boss isn't trying to hunt you guys down. Oh, is that still happening? Yeah, yeah, it's a whole thing. Yeah, no, I did kind of figure. I kind of figured I was the shape of things. So, but uh, yeah, no, it is good to see me. 
And uh, I cannot recommend, I can't recommend uh, my my regimen, as it were. Uh, it's a whole thing. I don't really want to get into it. Oh, you know? yeah. No, I, I get it, man. You know, yeah, I, yeah. I didn't mean to pry, you no, know, like it's, it's a, a... Yeah. You know, in, in, in Olympus, you know how it goes. Oh, Sometimes yeah. you run into a friend after a few months and they have bright orange eyes and they're like kind of like 10 to 50 times stronger than they were before. You know, it happens. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it happens. A hell of a weekend, you know? Like, yeah, yeah, it's been it's been one week. I'll tell you that. Well, good to see you, man. We'll, uh, we'll have to catch up sometime. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah. Do uh, I have your number? Um, you probably don't, actually. Um, Here, uh, you know, just tell me your number. I'll just text you. Um, he pulls out a, uh, an actual business card that's like, has the Farsec business logo on one side, uh, but he flips it over and like grabs a pen off of like a still smoldering shelf and, uh, writes it, writes his number down and says, uh, yeah, here, yeah. Right on. Cool. Um, and, uh. Sam hands the card to Waldo, who just takes it in his mouth and takes it away. <laughs> oh, you guys should probably head out the uh, northeast side of the building. They're sweeping in from the southwest. Yeah, obviously. Don't worry, Shrike. You can have my workout routine. <laughs> Thanks, Ryan. <laughs> he doesn't know your secret identity, probably. Probably not. Thanks, Brian. I don't know. I don't know if we've ever interacted apart from that yeah. time in pride where I was civilian and got mad at you. Mm-hmm. I, I think they interacted briefly on the beach when Eden calls. No, I think uh, Eden just talked yeah. him on the phone. Maybe I don't think he was actually mm-hmm. there. Yeah. Yeah. Wilds. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No. So he just, yeah. Thanks, Briar. Oh, hey, Wilds. Oh yeah. We had a whole week together. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, no, yeah. This is what happens when Justin isn't here. <laughs> when we try to be the 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 law masters. Oh man. Well, actually, so let me back up here, Michael, because I do feel like when it being the first time that Sam has ever tried to like use this muscle, basically, mm-hmm. and with the kind of intensity of the emotions uh that he absorbed mm-hmm. i do think that he overexerted himself and has uh has marked his doom track and uh i think he is also um like doesn't feel feels bad you know yeah yeah like feel yeah you know, i don't know if anyone else can knows exactly this but like when you get really really angry and then after that you feel like all that like hypertension and just mm-hmm. like you feel like literally bad mm-hmm. Know, mm-hmm. that strain so anyway mm-hmm. yeah yeah like yeah ext- extreme version of that and and like the that he's that he's sort of that he, he realizes having done that that like giving into it like that did feed it and it gave gave it more of more of him so he's yeah anyway love it um, um but anyway so that's what that's what sam's doing that's why i brought that up is he's kind of like foggy and in in a daze and not 
you know, also feeling a weird distance between Ryan and Eden and himself. And so he is just kind of with Waldo and is just kind of like listlessly one, like walking and checking out like some corners of the shop go, maybe walking back to like uh, his old corner to maybe, you know, grab, see if his stuff is still there. Yeah, like grab his phone charger. Yeah, and... yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think he also, the important like, thing. Yeah. He's got some stuff there that he could probably just at least take. Collect. Yeah. 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 yeah for sure. Uh, but anyway, he's just kind of wandering around just for everyone's edification. What are, what are Eden and Ryan up to? Pack in the RV, right? Mm-hmm. Which I don't think takes a lot of time because no, no, so portable. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You've got yeah, you 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 and Belladonna have go bags and yeah, you've drilled for this. Uh, so as he, as they're doing that, and then Sam finally walks out, and he's got a little you know, he's actually got his like baseball gear bag, you know, so it's mm-hmm, other mm-hmm. his catcher's gear and all the other sports gear. Anyway, that's his bag and. Um, and he's like, uh, uh, so where are y'all headed? Y'all know where where y'all are going to go now or? I think Ryan is like sitting in the front seat with Cardigan's pillow that, uh, she still has. And then just kind of like looks at Moonflower, like deferring to whatever Moonflower thinks. Moonflower kind of gives like a heavy sigh and says, I don't know where we're going yet, but you can get in the back. Okay. Um, yeah. I'm just okay. ignore him again. <laughs> uh, she also, when she starts the RV, is going to be blasting music loud enough that she he can't talk to her. <laughs> she's, what, what song she's are we listening to? Well. What song are we listening to? <laughs> questions while you're thinking Ryan, Ryan's gonna like uh I don't know what's the equivalent of pus, 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 but for dogs you know the you do yeah, pus, 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 yeah, yeah. Dogs. he's gonna uh, do that to Waldo and give him a screech yeah so it, like while Sam is awkwardly like hey can I come or whatever Waldo just jumps right you know like he just runs right yeah on there <laughs> and obviously no one would say anything anyway so yeah that all turns mm-hmm. out so yeah but yeah sam does go to like the way back and um sit and doesn't say anything or try to talk to anyone um that's good because he could not be heard heard over the music which (laughs) uh, (laughs) i i think eden is going with uh Maisie peters you're just a boy and i'm kind of the man Let's go. <laughs> I thought you'd appreciate that one. Too. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan is by the way. Um, where are you guys going? You go tearing out of the the northeast side of the parking lot. You're um, always welcome. I'm an electric. So <laughs> um, I'm actually just pulling out my map right now and I'm looking for like where would be a fun place to go. I'm trying to think where are some places we maybe haven't utilized as much. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We haven't spent a ton of time in the Cannery District. 
There's always an abandoned warehouse somewhere in the cannery district. There is always an abandoned warehouse somewhere in the cannery district. That feels so obvious. You know, let's actually go to the university. Mm. We we went there in one of the heartbreakers issues, but we have not spent a lot of time there. And it just seems like there's something we could do with that. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Um, do you have like a, a particular like contact or place to hide in mind, or should I just? No, I don't have anything in mind. Take okay, away. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, no um, I figured. Oh. <laughs> so yeah, you roll out and around away from the shopco and make your way onto the uh the olympic freeway that runs along the south kind of the south side of the town kind of splits the uh you know like midtown and uh old town areas from the burbs on the south side and but uh you make your way um east towards and across the river into the university district and uh one of the science buildings there is being renovated and so there's like a um and it's like been being renovated the funding's been kind of on the fritz uh back and forth for a while so like no one's actually worked on it like a couple weeks is it but um, is it because it got exploded by a certain person who became a villain i mean that way it's it's being renovated it's entirely possible that those two events are related um Yeah, I feel like absolutely. it's actually more more believable if it's a humanities building. <laughs> <laughs> the science building they get fixed, but there's yeah, like, yeah, okay, yeah. This no, is no, we're yeah. we're going to uh, Professor Pirate's old building that's being de- yeah, like, yeah. decommissioned. It's like half they're halfway done getting all the asbestos out, but again, yeah, like the the work work shut down, and so there's like. A little bit of asbestos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely a humanities building that there's never enough funding for. But there, you should be able to find a spot where no one will see it. Kind of in uh, one of the lower levels that are, uh, you know, walled off and everything by the construction. So maybe it's one of those things where there's like a building that's clearly like it has scaffolds. Yeah, yeah. It's got a ton of scaffolding around it, and it's kind of like got like the like curtains and stuff up and. So, yeah, you okay. guys, uh, and yeah, so you can kind of pull the RV into the, the first floor area, kind of wiggle it past some, uh, you know, little barriers and traffic cones and stuff and kind of pull it inside where it'll be out of sight. I was just going to say, like, no matter kind of like where we end up, if we're like sitting in the RV or if we're sitting in the building or whatever, like, I think um, Ryan is like, yeah, worriedly fiddling with the cushion and like looking at. I don't know if Moonflower's still wearing the cardigan threads, but we're, yeah. Just then, um, Sam finally walks up towards the front of the RV where I'm sure they're sitting. And it's like, um, hey, y'all, I know that, I mean, I kind of just disappeared and y'all have ever had to be mad at me for that. And and I feel like a total asshole, but I, I got that message from Cardigan and... Uh, it kind of knocked me out of a bit of the stupor that I was in and I'm still, I feel like I'm waking up. Uh, where's, where's KT? Where's Midas? Where is Cardigan? What's going on? What, what, what are we going to do now that the shop goes destroyed? 
Eden's going to reach to turn up the volume again and realize that, that she can't. And Sam says that and he sees that and he says, okay, I know. I know. I just, I just realized like, I actually, I don't know. You're right. And he, he actually, he steps out of the RV and sort of walks out into this big abandoned building. The kind of swirling magic armor that's been uh, swirling or <laughs> the swirling armor that's been swirling uh, like it does. Um, if I had to describe its movement in one word, it would be swirling. Uh, <laughs> the, the magic cardigan armor around you uh, begins sensing that its its duty is done and you are now safe and out of harm's way. Um, it, the thread begins to slowly swim through the air like a stream as it uh, is coaxed along by the needle and uh, moves towards this pillow that you've been holding, Ryan. And it kind of just wraps itself around and around the pillow and forms this sort of like a hexagonal crystal shape, almost like a, like a ruby from Legend of Zelda. And, uh, sort of hardens and solidifies into this sort of glowing magical crystalline shape that uh, shimmers and glows softly. I told you she was probably fine. Ryan's definitely crying. (laughs) This is why Eden has never been Ryan's love. (laughs) Yeah, Ryan's like, um, Ryan like hugs the thing to them and then uh wipes away his tears and like jumps out of the RV and like whistles at Sam in a like you know turn around kind of a whistle. Okay, yeah, Sam hears that and he kinda he kinda wanders back. He hadn't gotten too far, but he he, he walks back. Yeah, even if he just turns around. But yeah, Ryan's oh, okay. gonna um be like holding this like crystal really close uh, to their chest and just be like, do you really think that walking away again is going to fix this? Like, I know that's kind of your move, at least from what I've seen, but. Uh, uh, you know, I guess I'm just not sure how to proceed because I, I do feel like I let y'all down, but uh, I also felt like I had to go away, and uh, and I don't know. I don't know if I have a right to to ask. You know, where's Cardi? Where's Graviton? Uh, where is Midas? Or what's been going on? Or Anything like that, I you know, I, I I don't I don't have a right to, but uh, I wasn't for the record like walking away, walking away. I was just gonna go like to see what's in this building. If we're maybe gonna be posted up here for a while, if there was like some cool nooks or maybe like uh, a, a, a room shower, that had a shower, yeah, a room <laughs> that had a shower, maybe, uh, yeah, I don't know. Just poke my head in one office. It looks like more of like a 
uh, English literature thing. So I don't know if we are going to find a shower, but uh, anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I listen, I'm here and I guess, you know, if, if y'all will have me, I, I can, you know, maybe, maybe help out. Seems like there might be some help and needs done. Um, but to be honest with you, I still don't really know what's going on with me. And I still don't know if it's safe for me to be around everyone. So I've, I've had a lot of conflicted feelings and, uh, anyway, I got the call and I came and here I am. So I, I would understand if, uh, you know, if Moonflower doesn't want to talk to me anymore, totally understand. But uh, I want to help. I want to see what I can do. And uh, I do also want to go, you know, find a shower, change clothes. <laughs> Weirdly, you know, I it's think... weird. I don't have to eat very much anymore, which is kind of <laughs> nice. But I am kind of craving some McDonald's. <laughs> uh I think if you're okay with it, like you can say no, or whatever. But I think while you, while Sam's been like nervously kind of like rambling, um, Ryan's brambles have been like on one side of Ryan, they've been like going up into the RV and grabbing, like, I'm assuming there's some like camp chairs in there and like grabbing two of those and dragging them out and setting them up. And the, another bramble has been like, like grabbing, Sam's hand and like slowly leading him to one of the chairs. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Sam gets to the end of his rambling spiel as he kind of realizes, you know, trailing off that that Ryan's, you know, um, extending a, a a helping thorn, as it were, and um, and so he kind of sighs and sits down and says, "Okay." Maybe and I'll I go think to the YMCA tomorrow and shower. <laughs> so what Ryan kind of like wanted to do, I guess, was like set up the chairs in front of the RV so that Eden can still be like in a circle but protected within the RV. Like Eden's Eden's <laughs> in the cab still, but there's two chairs like in front of the RV as if yeah. Um yeah, and Ryan no, kind of like totally. Yeah, Riker like sits down and like holds out the like crystally thing and is like, I think this is cardigan. Wait, what? Yeah, that's kind of how I felt. And then Sam, uh, like just as you say that, he has one like human reaction and then another kind of set of reactions kicks in. Um, and I don't know, I, I really can't even speak to what the nature of those might be. But I, I do think that a set of reactions kicks in between Sam's doom magic that, I, I mean, Sam hasn't referred to it as anything yet, so. Well, was Sam earlier perhaps sharing a vulnerability? I, oh, definitely. Was. Absolutely. Yeah. You are correct there, Kyra. It was an excellent call. I have a tendency to just charge into those things and not realize I'm playing the game. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's great. That's <laughs> what we want. Let's see. Uh, 
So when you share a vulnerability or weakness with someone, give them influence over you and ask if they honestly think there's hope for you. Ryan, do you honestly think there's hope for me? It doesn't have to play out. I don't think you would actually say that. That's interesting. <laughs> Sorry, I guess on. Let me think for a second. If, if Ryan is, is, I mean, if we're still doing exactly what we just like role played, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like, like maybe it depends on how Sam takes the, like the extension of, you know, plant brambly lasso. Like, does he see that as a, like, there's hope for you? I guess. Um, yeah. So here's what I'll say is that, um, yeah, I think, I mean, we could say that at least for the moment, that's all that Sam, you know, that's about as much kind of reassurance as Sam is going to get as far as there being help for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It doesn't have to play out, you know, like literally in yeah, any sense, it's, yeah. you know, we can resolve this on kind of a meta sense. And I think, yeah, what was our piece was, I think, yeah, yeah, totally. Okay. Yeah. 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 Cool. So yeah. If you say yes, uh, mark potential. The die don't lie. Uh Uh-huh. So, and, uh, clear one box for your doom drag. So there you go. Oh, I undoomed. Yeah. You, you undoom one doom drag. Okay. Dang it. I was kind of stoked about my doom. (laughs) (laughs) Opening up to people so you can die faster. I didn't get influence or shift labels is that right no you 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 still did actually yeah, no you um, did yeah you still shift. Okay. sorry yeah, that's where we were yeah, yeah. shifting my labels yeah i think i'm going to i will shift sam's freak up he's, and his savior down yeah i think eden is going to so she's just been kind of sitting in the driver's seat right but she's been able to hear all this Mm -hmm. yeah yeah ryan intentionally set it up so you could you had uh plenty of plausible deniability to be able to easily eavesdrop into the conversation (laughs) (laughs) if eden's insight you should probably just assume she's at least potentially eavesdropping but thank you ryan you're welcome Um, (laughs) Eden is going to get out of the RV and she is going to slam the door behind her. And she's going to, I think, look directly at Sam kind of for the first time since he's been back and say, that's bullshit. You think you're dangerous to be around the people who are supposed to be your friends are some of the most dangerous people on the planet. I can't argue with that. <laughs> and honestly, I don't even know if I can argue with the part about it being bullshit. It might have just been my bullshit. It doesn't change the fact that I am kind of afraid about what's happening. And, and again, like I said, still not really fully understanding it. Just knowing that... Uh, that uh, whatever this infection entity is that's living inside me does want to spread itself. And uh, it keeps trying to tell me that it, the power that it's given me is is for good, but also 
I think that that's what's going to get it to spreading. So again, I should have handled it better. I I know that. Well, I don't know. I'm an idiot. That's what right. I'll say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm I'm really sorry, Moonflower. I'm really sorry, Eden. She is hung up. I mean, she doesn't know what's going on with Sam. <laughs> I still think she hears this and is like, what infection? Yeah, see, right. I get, I've been so lost in my head and alone for, I don't know how long it was, a couple months, maybe, a couple months. I, uh, I haven't I never had a chance to tell anyone about it. It all happened so fast. We went into the Fey Wild and um really I honestly feel like I'm just waking up from a dream just now talking to you. Cause I've been somewhere else contending with different things. So yeah, I'm sure none of this makes sense. But we can maybe I'll go all the way back and tell you the whole story of what happened with me and Finn before I got back up to Mount Olympus and the whole thing with Geotica and, and the whole thing in the Feywild, because I do think that that's where it started. And that's why none of y'all understand what's been going on with me. So I'll, I'll just have to tell you the whole story. I think maybe um, we don't understand because you didn't tell us. <laughs> it's well, kind of what yes. friends are for, right? Like you can, um, you don't, you, you keep being like, you know, oh, I I did this thing and I've, I've been doing that. And like, you don't have to do it all. You could, if you ask for help, I'm, I mean, I, uh, I know that, you know, every now and then I act like a little bit of a, a prick to you, pun intended. But, um, I get it. It's, uh, it's kind of what friends are for. Yeah, no, you're right. And that's what Waldo reminded me of when he made sure I got that message. So uh anyway, yeah. No, I I haven't gotten into it much again, just to your exact same point. You know, I was holding back and not, you know, I, again, we don't have to get all too much into it, but my dad's kind of an asshole and and I don't think that I have good ways of coping with some of this stuff and and so my tendency has been to kind of shy away, uh, I guess you could say. And, uh, you know, I don't know, just something I'm realizing about myself and that uh, I'm not so happy with how I responded in that situation. But like I said, here I am. Let me tell you the story from the beginning. It goes a little something like this. Wonderworld Comics is an actual play podcast of Masks, A New Generation, by Brennan Conway. This issue was GM'd by Michael Dunham, who can be found on Twitter at GalvanicMan. Moonflower is played by Kyra Nelson, who can be found on her Twitter at Kyra M. Nelson. Mighty Briar is played by Kaylee Newberry, who can be found on their Twitter at Kaylee underscore Newberry. Southpaw is played by Charlie Smiley who can be found on his Instagram at BigSkyCharlie. Wonderworld Comics is produced by Michael Dunham, and it is edited by Michael Dunham. The music is from Dvorak Symphony No. 9. Do you have questions or comments? 
you can get a hold of us on Twitter at www.comicspodcast or send us an email at www.comicspodcast at gmail.com.